Okay, okay. Calm down. Well. Oh. That's just all my Greek family. Uh, if, you, if you're visiting, as we set that up. Oh, man. Thank you so much. And I guess as um, all the young people leave, um, be blessed. Be blessed. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> just genuinely be blessed. And I just want to extend a, a massive thank you on behalf of Team Hamberis, my, my family, for the, just the love the acceptance, the welcome, the tolerance on me that you put up with, um, but the, the, the farewell that you've already extended to us last Sunday absolutely blew us away. My mum was here in the building as well, and she was just, I think the words flabbergasted to the love and, and warmth that we've received as a family, and that's what we consider you all, dear ones, family, brothers and sisters, and that's you're stuck with me forever. Uh, some of you look really gutted about that, but hey, God's grace covers everything. But I want to say a massive, massive thank you. Um, today we're going to, uh, you know, when, it, when you're looking, this is the last time I'm going to be speaking here, and uh, you, what do you do? There's all sorts of things that plague your mind, but do you know what? I think what I want to share with you is what I feel God's currently doing in my life. Because I think that's where the grace is. I think this is what he's been kind of speaking directly into my heart with. So I pray this would be of help and benefit to you as well. Will you pray with me as we get going? Dear Heavenly Father, oh wow, that's who he is. Heavenly Daddy, dear Heavenly Father, you can all pray that. I pray for your grace to wash over us today. I pray that you draw us near. Whether we feel close or far, you would draw us near. Thank you for your precious son, Jesus. And thank you for this precious son, you've made many sons. I just pray you'd speak to us. I pray this would be life-changing in some way today for us, for your glory, God. And we all said together, amen. Amen. And this is, this is what we're going to do. This, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid there's no PowerPoint, there's no slides, because I knew this would probably change up until, and it did, up until pretty much half an hour before I got here today. So forgive me for that. Hopefully you'll, you'll stay tuned in. And any scriptures that I read, I'll read them slowly and confidently over us so you can just sit under the mighty word of God. And his mighty hand. Do you know there are some incredible attributes that only God has, God alone has, all knowing, all powerful. And we're going to look at one such attribute today, known as the omnipresence of God. God always present, everywhere present, all at the same time. Man, this is an utterly mind blowing reality, right? God is absolutely present here, and he's absolutely present in China, all at the same time. So that's what we're going to look at. He surrounds us. If you want a title, that's the title, if you like. The God who surrounds us. He surrounds us. He's always with us. And from there, I want us to see that the God who is always with us, the God that's always surrounding us, is so passionate to talk to you. Do you know, he wants to speak to you 24-7 in different ways, and we're going to look at that as we go. But this God who's always with us is also wanting to engage and speak to us. The question is, 
Big question. Are we listening? Are we listening? So that's really what I want to do today. That's how I want us to engage together with this Heavenly Father. That's how I want to encourage you. I want us to leave us today going, man, God is always with me. And he's talking to me. And am I listening? So we're going to break this into two halves, if you like. First half, always present. Second half, always speaking. You know me well enough by now. I don't give you the sexiest titles. Always present, always speaking. Just think about that for a moment. It's easy to have a theological concept under this always present, being omnipresent, this having a theological concept. What I mean by that, it's all well and good having a head knowledge that this God, this creator of the ends of the earth, heaven and earth, is always present, always with us. But to live our lives as though he's always present is another matter, right? Easy enough to say it, but to live it, to actually live our lives day to day, aware of his presence Man, that's another story. So I'm going to start by a few questions. I want this to be personal. Personal for all of us. These are questions for all of us. And what about you personally? You, friend, you. Are you aware that God is always with you? I see a few nods. But you, friend, are you aware that God is always with you? If so... How often do you acknowledge him in your day? Man, this is the challenge I'm currently in. How often do you say, wow, Father, look at that cloud. Wow, look at that butterfly just going past my big nose. I'm talking about myself. How often do you praise him in the good times? How often do you praise him in the bad times? How often are you aware of his presence with you day to day, like moment by moment, like hour by hour? How often for you? Because the exciting thing is we can live our lives constantly and continually aware of his presence. We really can. It's about discipline in our mind, having a a correct mindset. We can live aware of his presence with us. Now, I want to read to us from the Bible. I'm sure some of you are relieved about that. Hopefully all of you. Psalm 139. Famous psalm. The guys are going to be taking us through the psalms, taking you through the psalms. It's beautiful songs to God through every season of life, through the good times and the bad times. And King David wrote a lot of the psalms, and he wrote them in right at the heart of battle. Often we look at them as little fridge magnets when everything's going well. I want you to know that David wrote the majority of them when things were going very badly for him and Israel and the people of God. But in 139, Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, guess what? You're there. If I make my bed in the depths, in Sheol, in the ground, in death, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, oh my word, you're even there. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You know, the psalmist David had this incredible revelation that God was always with him. Wherever he went, he was with him. In fact, it went even deeper than that. 
David knew that there was no space on the planet. There was no space in heaven or hell. There was no space, no physical space that he could be where God was not. You hear that? Where God was not already there. The fact that God is everywhere present. So not only is God present where we are, but David takes it deeper. He says, even if you try to run away from him, guess what? He's like, surprise, I'm there. There's no hide and go seek. He's already there. He's already in the cupboard. He's already there. There's no physical space. He's already there. For me, knowing that God is everywhere present is beginning to affect my life in a slow way. This is what I feel God is speaking to me about, saying I'm always with you. Wherever you go, I go. God is everywhere present. It has to affect my attitude, right? It has to affect my thought patterns. It, it has to affect my belief system. It just has to. And it has to do the same for you. You know, this has to be primary of what we carry in our life. Because life, like my brother Clive, that beautiful prayer that my brother brought earlier about the, the life sucks sometimes, doesn't it? And it's hard But even in that, God's present. For me, knowing this, regardless of what's going on, has to be primary. This guy called Wayne Grudem, who's an amazing theologian, a great mind. He wrote a book called Systematic Theology. He says this, God does not have size or spatial dimensions, and he is present at every point of space with his whole being. Yet God acts differently in different places. You hear that? God fills every space with his whole being. It's not a little bit of God here today. His whole being is here. Yet he acts differently in different places. So this is helpful to understand that God that is everywhere shows up in different ways. He manifests his presence. He manifests himself accordingly. Okay? So, so even in this room here, I don't know how many hundred are here, during that worship, some of you would have been feeling this holy reverence and others just incredible joy and everything in between. He manifests his presence different in different places because he knows us intimately inside out. Tim, bro, he, he made you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb and he knows exactly how to get you. And that's the same for, for all of us. So he acts different in different places. You see, this is where it's relationship, not religion. Yeah? This is where it's relationship, not religion. This is, this is where you get to engage heart on heart, mind on mind, deep calling out to deep, God calling you, drawing you deeper. Come on. I want you to know me. I want you to know me. He is intimately involved in our lives. You see, the same God that forgives, he also convicts. This same God that baptizes with fire also rests on us with peace. This same God that heals and directs, comforts and leads. This same God that brings stillness also brings incredible belly laughing joy. This same God that humbles us and brings us to our knees gives us incredible strength and courage. He will manifest his presence in different ways, in different spaces, in different places, for different people, because he knows you more than you know yourself. 
but he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. In the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, before Jesus, people had an understanding of the omnipresence of God. There's God everywhere. You see in David, the writer. He had this sense that, man, I think God is everywhere. How much more should we in the New Covenant? We are the other side of the finished work of our Christ and Saviour, Jesus. So how much more should we have this understanding and revelation Jesus died for our sins. He, would, he was buried in a borrowed tomb. He burst out of death itself. He ascended back to the Father. And you know what? He sent the precious Holy Spirit, God himself, to be with all people always. So not only do we need to have this concept of, I think God's everywhere present, but he's out there. Now God is everywhere present because he's in here. He dwells within You see, the sending of the Holy Spirit blows this up in our minds because we can now understand and live in the reality that we are now the dwelling place of God. The indwelling presence of God now lives within me. He lives within you if you're a follower of Jesus. That is precious. Please, King's Church, man, I haven't got much longer with you. Please never forget that reality that wherever you go, he goes. Because you carry the very presence, God, his whole being, not just bits of him. You don't just have God's arm, Iris. You, my dear sister, carry God's heart. Wherever you go, he goes. It's the sending of the Holy Spirit. You see, the promise of, I will never leave you, nor forsake you, now can be a lived-out reality for us, brothers and sisters, because he will never leave you nor forsake you, because he lives within you. He's not just passing by. He's moved in. He's unpacked his bags. He's staying for good. And you're with him forever. Man, it's amazing. It's amazing. He's moved in. He's moved into my life. And he's never going to leave. Some of you need to hear that today. He will never leave you. Eric, he will never leave you, brother. He's moved in. He's moved in. Now, I asked a few friends of mine this question earlier in the week. My friend Nick there and my friend Natalie. I asked them the question, what does knowing that the presence of God is always with you, what does that do for you when you know it? Nick said... We just talked about one word. One word. What does it mean? Nick just went, contentment. Contentment. I'm content with myself, and I'm content with the world around me. I'm content with my lot. And actually, what you said, bro, is like, knowing that God isn't present, man, that leads to despair. And then I asked Nat the same question. What does it mean for you? And she said the word constant. God is the one constant thing in my life unmoving, unwavering. You know, everything around me can change, but God remains. He's steadfast, you said. Steadfast in his love. He's immovable. Isn't that amazing? This is what it means for me, security. When I ask myself this question, San, what does the presence of God mean in your life? Yep, I talk to myself. 
The word that came to me was security. Not just a word, it was a reality. Being secure, knowing that God is always with me. And you know what? This security brings with it incredible peace. Peace and security go hand in hand. The same psalmist, David, in Psalm 139 verse 5 says, You hem me in behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. Often, Paul, you've had this as a prophetic word for me. In different settings, you felt God has given you that for me. But it's for all of us, right? The Lord hems you in behind and before. He puts a fence around you, and it's his fence. He, he boundaries around you behind and before. And guess what, Rich? He's laid his hand upon you, bro. His hand is upon you. That brings great security. You know, knowing God is always present, always with me, regardless of where I am, what space I'm in, it needs to do two things in our lives. It needs to firstly bring this security, this peace, this comfort. It just must. But equally, it needs to bring a holy fear. It needs to bring the right, appropriate, reverent, holy fear. He's the one that created the sun. It needs to bring both. And it's not a fear like he might smite me. It's a fear that is full of love. Because he knows me. Man, this God knows me. This God knows me. Let me read you something else from this same psalm. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Guess what? You ain't no accident. Because he knit you together. He created you in your mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained before me were written in your book. Isn't that amazing? God sees everything. So what does it mean for you? I want to ask you another question. What does this mean for you, friend? What does knowing that God is always present mean for you? Contentment? Peace, joy, healing, wholeness. When I asked Jo the same question in the week, she said life. For me, it means life. Man, that's true for all of us. Life. Is it forgiveness? Is it courage? Is it strength? Is it meaning? Is it purpose? What does it mean for you? Because he's with you in and through it all. Now, The other day I saw this incredible quote by a guy called Terry Virgo. And he's the founding father of these groups of churches that we're part of. And it gripped me when I saw it. He said, the presence of a storm in your life isn't evidence that God is not with you. In Matthew 14, Jesus sent the disciples into the storm, knowing that he would come and be with them right in the heart of the storm. You hear that? Listen. Christian maturity is knowing that bad things happen, but equally knowing that someone holds my hand through it all. And he is leading me to a better place. One day all this suffering will pass away. One day all this calamity, all this death will go. But even in the heart of the storm, Jesus was with them. And his words to them were what? Do not fear. So even in the midst of the storm, you see, we can find, knowing that he's always present, 
we can find real and lasting security and peace in all things. I don't say this lightly. I really don't. I know some of you have suffered and, and will suffer. But I want you to know that God is always with you. So he is both your joy and your strength. He's both all at the same time. Your joy and your strength through the good and the bad. Like Nat said, he is the one constant, immovable reality. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. He is immoving. He is He will never change. He is steadfast. The Bible says he's steadfast in his love. That means he has pinned it into the ground and it will never move. He is the rock on whom we stand. He's the the one in whom we're grafted into. He's the one in whom I'm hidden. When the whole of hell wages war against me, Jesus says, get get behind me because you're hidden in me. You hear what I'm saying? God is always with us. Psalm 16, David is, is able to write, in your presence there is fullness of joy and pleasures, eternal pleasures that, pleasures at your right hand. He's able, the same writer, in your presence is full reality of joy and pleasures at your right hand, eternal pleasures. But just a few psalms later, a few songs later, he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I'll not want He leads me beside quiet and still waters to restore my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Thank you, Dan. Because you're with me. David's able to have this reality in his heart. Even though I walk through death, even though I walk through the darkest of dark valleys, I will fear no evil. Because you're with me. Because you're with me. The Apostle Paul, the one that was persecuted beyond persecution, the one that suffered for his faith, our faith, the one that was shipwrecked, tortured, beaten, flogged, a danger from bandits, whatever that looks like. You know, he had a thorn in his side. Three times he asked for this thing to be removed and it wasn't. Yet he was able to say, but your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. How does he get to a place like that? Because I believe he knew God was always with him. Elsewhere in Romans, he says, what can separate us from the love of God? Sure, hardship, trouble, nakedness, danger. And he's able to say, absolutely not. Nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. Not height, nor depth, nor angels, nor demons, present, nor future. Not even death itself will separate you from the love of Christ. How is he able to say that? Because he knew God is everywhere present. Now, found this quote on suffering. It says, suffering is not a question which demands an answer. It's not a problem which demands a solution. It's a mystery which demands a presence. Suffering is a mystery which demands a presence. And he's everywhere. Now, we're living in this currently. Just give you a personal example in what's going on in our world at the moment. In the past six days, both my children have broken bones. Yeah, literally six days. How clumsy are we? My daughter broke her arm while I was chasing her, playing it. Oh, it was awful. 
it was awful. I sat next to her in the hospital as well, and um, it was all quiet. And she had she'd just been triaged, seen the nurse, and she had her hand in the sling, and we were quiet. And I sat next to her, I just went, it. <laughs> and she looked at me and just like, not now, Daddy. <laughs> not now. Just precious, precious moments. And my son broke his ankle just outside there, actually, playing football. Playing football. So within six days, two, two injuries, back into A&E. But this is what I want you to see. Suffering demands a presence. As soon as my little girl hit the ground, she called out, it was a blood-curdling scream, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Oh, we knew it was A&E time. But she called my name in that moment. We spent the next little while sat next to each other in A&E. We didn't say anything, really. She's much like him in her character at times. She's much more quiet than me. So I was trying to engage her in conversation. She was just sat somber. And then I thought, I know, I'll, I'll button it as well. Just sit with her. And we just sat with each other. And then my son, when he broke his leg, I carried him into A&E. I carried him from here to the car, from the car into A&E, and I carried him from A&E into triage, and from that doctor I carried him into x-ray, and from x-ray back onto the bed, I carried him every step of the way in his pain. He was in agony, yet I carried him. And it was those moments I believe God speaks to me. In those moments, he's carrying you. So in both Right, my daughter just needed to know there was a calming presence with her. And my son needed to know that daddy was carrying him. What we all crave, what we all want is a constant loving presence in our lives, isn't it? That's what we all crave, come on. That's what we all want, a constant loving presence in our lives. And do you know what? We've got it. We've got that one constant loving presence. And through all seasons of life, through every twist and turn that might come your way, for every card that's dealt, God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. I am with you. And you know what? We need to know and we need to be fully persuaded of what he's like. We need to know what this God is like, what this God who is everywhere present, what is he like? Well, we know Jesus has come to reveal to us a father of creation, a father like no other, a father that loves us so intimately and passionately, a father that will never abandon, never abuse, never leave us, a father that is 100% perfect in all of his ways, a father, father full of love and compassion and grace and mercy, a father that is full of faithfulness, a father that is full of healing and calmness and patience and beauty, a father that is good in all his ways. That's who you need to know is close. Not this distant deity that sometimes speaks, children should be seen and not heard. Many of you have lived under that regime. I break that in Jesus' name. He wants to hear you. He wants to be seen by you. He wants, he wants to look at you. And he is always with you. Crumbs, I better move on. So that's the first half. Second bit, always speaking. This God is always looking to communicate. Because he's always with us. He's always wanting to chat and communicate and engage. That's why I said it's relationship, not religion. We're not following a program. We're not following a set way of doing things. We're following 
a powerful being, an infinite being, an infinite being who intimately knows us. I've already read out things from that psalm, so I won't do it again. But he made you. He knitted you together. He knows every word on your tongue before you even speak it. It says right at the start of the psalm, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You know when I lay down, when I stand up. You're familiar with all my ways. And because of this, he he knows how to talk to you. The question is now, are we listening? So for him being everywhere present, I want to ask you the question, are you listening? Do you live your life listening? Are you familiar with his voice? Are you familiar with his language to you? Are you familiar? Can you recognize when he speaks to you? Come on, think about it. Can you recognize when God speaks to you? If everyone started talking in this room all at the same time and then my wife spoke, I would know her voice. I know M's voice, but do I know his voice? I know Bonnie's voice, but do I know his voice? I know Paul's voice, but do I know his voice? How about you? If M laughed in this room, I'd be able to hear it 10 miles away. Genuinely, ask her to laugh afterwards. It'll crack you up. Or frighten you. One of two emotions. But I I use it in jest. But if everyone was nattering, as soon as my wife spoke, I'd go, I know that voice. That's my darling. I know that voice. My friend Carl, I don't know if he's here today, but we were in the coffee box a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was buzzing after the meeting. There's lots of chatter. It sounds like a swimming pool out there, doesn't it, when everyone's talking. And and then Carl suddenly, we finished the conversation. He said, uh, anyway, I've got to go and find my little girl. And she heard him from the other side of the coffee box. And you could see her turn and I could read her lips. There's my daddy. You hear what I'm saying? Do you know his voice? Do you know when he speaks to you? Jesus himself said, he's the good shepherd. And when he speaks, his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. We're told not to listen to strangers. We're told to follow that voice of the shepherd. Follow the voice of the shepherd. His sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. It says that in Luke 10. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. You know, what defines us as a people? What makes us a prophetic community is the fact that God's alive and that he speaks to us. And I want you to know that he speaks to each and every one of you if you are born again son or daughter of God. It's not just the select few. This is your birthright as a son or daughter, that God speaks. God speaks. How precious is that? God speaks to you. God speaks to you. The art is learning to recognize when he speaks, discerning the ways he speaks, the ways he communicates. That's the art. You know, I think as a, as a father, I think the primary thing I find myself saying to my kids time and time and time again is, darling, listen. Please listen. Have you heard what I've said? Darling, listen. And I think this is true of God as well. I think the primary thing that is called out from heaven is, darling, listen. 
Just hear the word of the Father over you right now, darling. Listen. Have you heard my voice? Are you listening when I speak? Have you heard what I've asked? Darling, listen. Bless you. So the question, dear friends, are are you listening? Are you quick to talk? Now, there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible is full of bring your requests to God. Ask and it will be given. You know, God is absolutely wanting us to do that. But is this what we live in? I know I can. God, I need this. This has happened. Can you do this? Can you come through on this? God, 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 please, please. That, that can be where we live. Like, this is what's happening in my world. This is what's going on again. God, I need you to help me here. Can you please come through here? That is not wrong. But are we equally slow to speak and quick to listen? Even when you want requests done for you, are you eager just to push that to the side and go, Daddy, I'm listening. Father, I'm, I'm listening. My great dad in heaven, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. I know I need all this. I'm so confused with life. I'm, I've got so many requests. I, I'm, so, I'm so frantic at the moment, but I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. Speak, because your servant's listening. This is what God's doing in my life. I'm just sharing some of my stuff with you. I need to know that he's always with me. And I, I need to know that he's always speaking. And I'm being provoked more and more. Am I listening? Am I listening? So he speaks, and it's utterly amazing that he speaks. And sometimes he thunders. The Bible says that the God of glory thunders. Whoa. But he also speaks to us so tenderly with a still, small voice. Both are true. Sometimes he thunders. Sometimes he whispers. I want you to think right now, how does he communicate with you? What is the love language he uses with you? Because it will be familiar. You'll know. I know what he does with me. Because he's my father. What does he do with you? Do you know when he thunders? Do you notice when he whispers? Do you notice when he whispers? Now, I just want to share very quickly, four very quick ways, honestly, four ways how we can tune ourselves in. How we can tune ourselves into the voice of God. These are not exhaustive. A few and probably everything hangs on them. Firstly, the word. Secondly, the inner dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, other people. And fourthly, creation. Let me just whistle through them very quickly. The word of God. Man, this is precious. This of itself says that this is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I remember when I was first saved... I'd never read this book. And then when I encountered the saving mercy of Jesus, it was like this suddenly grew hands and feet and it ran after me. And it was illuminated and it spoke to me and words jumped off the page. And every time I read it, I was like, I think someone's watching me. Yeah, someone was watching me. The king of heaven himself. This is illuminated for us. This is the word of God. This is his, his message. This is his story. This is his plans for our lives. This is the primary way God speaks to us. He illuminates it by the Holy Spirit. But are we reading this precious word? The word is an anchor to our soul. You know, it anchors us 
it anchors me down. When everything else, I'm feeling like I'm on a roller coaster. I'm like, man, I'm holding on to this word. I'm holding on to your promises. I'm holding on to what you say about me in this word, this precious word. Do you know what? Our lives line up with it as well. We use this word to line our lives up. Do you know, often we feel like if nothing else works, we'll turn to the word. Man, that couldn't be far from the truth. We need to start and stay here. This is where we start and this is where we stay. And we approach it humbly and with reverence. What I mean by that is God is so keen to talk to us. And we come, we submit, we surrender to his word and we live underneath it. And we say, your word is authority over my life. And as I read, great father in heaven, please speak to me. As I read, please tell me what you think of me. Please tell me what you think of the world. As, as I read, I just want you, Father, to speak to me. So when you read this precious book, please don't treat it like a novel or like a story. When you open it, say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. I'm going to allow this to anchor my life. If you want to know God's voice, because some of you, I'm a pastor here. Some of you come to me at times saying, I don't really know God's voice. I don't hear his voice. Read this, you'll hear his voice. Secondly, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit himself. You cannot understand that without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit illuminates this precious word. It's like dynamite. He brings it to life, living and active. That's when it becomes living and active, when Holy Spirit brings it to life. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It will penetrate and it will get right to our hearts and motives So you ask, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, bring this word to life. And we've been given the Holy Spirit, God himself, to dwell within us. And for me, very often, this is how God speaks. Sometimes through the thunder, but very often by the Holy Spirit indwelling within me, it's that small whisper. That's that's me, that, that little voice, that little whisper, the conscience within, where you just think, man, I I'm I'm listening. You know, we're encouraged to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So this isn't an external. We don't follow some distant cloud. We're following something within. We're following the cloud within. We're following this presence within. So that means that we respond to the nudges. We respond to those little fidgets, those little moments when he he whispers into our soul. We're responding to him because he lives within us. I remember listening to a message a little while ago from a guy called Dave Holden at the Brighton Conference. And it was all about how do we follow the Holy Spirit. And this has helped me. It stayed with me. It's so simplistic. And I pray it will help you. And I've, I've shared this with numerous people over the years. How do you follow the Holy Spirit? You simply follow peace. There you go. You follow peace. You keep moving where peace is. As soon as peace stops, you stop. As soon as peace lifts, then you assess what's going on. And you just keep following that peace. You keep following that peace. You know, Holy Spirit is our internal sat-nav. He's the one that will say, bridge ahead. He's the one that will say, turn left. Dead end. Stop going down there. Turn around. He's the internal sat-nav. So I want to ask you, are you, are you developing that language with the one that lives within you? Are you saying to him, oh God, give me dreams, give me visions, give me, give me feelings, give me sensations, give me thoughts, because we have the mind of Christ. 
Because he'll often speak to you that way through smells, through tastes, through all sorts of ways. So the key is to develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know, and he'll, he'll be the one that continues to tell you you're adored. He'll be the one that continues to tell you that how much he loves you, how much he's for you. Thirdly, other people. I want to use our move as an example. You, we are absolutely moving because we feel God has spoken to us individually, but it also came through other words from Paul through my brother-in-law Phil, from Bonnie, different prophetic words that tallied up together that thought, man, I think God's speaking to us. So God will often speak to you through other people. He will share his heart for you through other people. He'll often encourage, correct you, confront you through other people. The question again, friends, are we humble enough to be open to receive that? So often, I have this as an experience. I feel so flat, so, so lost at times, and I feel, I feel a bit, I don't know, blur. And in that same moment, I'll get a text message from someone to say, I've just been praying for you, and I feel like Father wants you to know how much he adores you. I'm like, oh, wow, thanks, God. Thank you, Father. It's really as easy as that. God will often communicate you through others. Lastly, creation. God shouts at us through creation. You know, creation is really his tapestry. It's his canvas. It's his painting that is on display to the world to say, I'm real, I'm alive, and I want to speak to you. It will do that at that level. Life itself will speak to you. Life will tell you of God. But I mean, as you walk with God, creation helps me. Sometimes I'll just sit down at the beach and I'll look out into the vastness of the sea and I'll start feeling the power of God. Man, you're powerful. I know for Pete, a good walk in the mountains, you'll meet with God. For others of you, walking through the woods, you'll see creation and you'll hear God whispering to you. I remember looking out of a window once and just seeing these birds effortlessly flying. And I felt God speak to me, saying, you're flapping around, trying to do it in your own steam. Watch them. They're catching the thermals and they're floating. God will speak to you through what he's already made. Can I, can I invite us all to stand? I appreciate I have gone on a little longer than I'd prepared. It's not a surprise for all of you. But I want to leave you with these thoughts. God is everywhere. God is everywhere. And he's looking to engage with you wherever you go. Just want you to close your eyes for a moment. The key now is our response. Are we willing to follow what he says? Just imagine the adventures that we could go on if we just listened and followed. Stop and talk to that one. Pray for that one. Encourage that one. Love that person. Give to that person. Do this, do that. Just imagine the adventures that you and your family could go on. From this morning's prayer meeting, uh, My friend Brian brought this incredible, uh, passionate prayer about it becoming safe sometimes. And I was reminded of the story from the lion witch in the wardrobe when they're talking of Aslan. And they say, oh, is the lion, is he he here? Have you seen him? What's he like? Is Is he safe? And the two beavers, they say, oh, no, he's not safe. But he is good. Imagine the adventures you could go on with this incredible lion of the tribe of Judah.
that roars love over the cosmos, that roars love over your families, over your workplace, over this community. Imagine the adventure. I'm just going to lead us all in a prayer, and I want you to engage with God as well. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes from today. Father, I I pray my, my simple ask as your son is that we would live our lives knowing that you are always with us. Oh man, the God of the universe is with me. We would live like that. We would know you're always near through the joys and the pains. God, we would live our lives listening, saying, Father, what do you want to say? And we would simply respond and follow what you ask us to do. His sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He wants to tell you stories. There are stories unfolding over your lives. He wants to tell you the story of your life and the plans and purposes he has for you. So right now, literally for 10 seconds, just say, God, here I am. Would you speak to me afresh this morning? I pray I'd leave here changed. I pray I'd leave here with ears open to hear the voice from heaven of my Father. But I want to go on an adventure from today, God, of knowing you're always with me and you're always speaking to me. We ask this in Jesus' name. And we all said together, Amen. Thank you, Sam, for serving us so very, very well. Brilliant. Well, we're going to finish it up there. Um, do hang around. Enjoy uh, outside space. Um, if you are visiting today, do head over to the Welcome Area. We'd love to meet you, um, get to know you a bit. Um, and we will see you midweek. Be community groups, small groups, things like that going on midweek. Thanks very much.